Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the Crew Love Show. I'm your host, DJ A-Star. And I'm Brian Patrick Davis, a.k.a. The Black Socialite, the POA reporting live from 285. What's up, y'all? I am your favorite videographer, HD. And we are the Crew Love Show, peeling back all layers on behind-the-scenes creatives and professionals. The Culture Connectors. Woo-woo! What's up, y'all? This is your girl, H. Dizzle. And I'm Brian Patrick Davis. And I'm your girl, A Star. And we are your host of The, the Crew Love Show. Show. So today we have someone very, 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 very special. He very. has a radio voice too, you guys. Yes. That's what they said. Wanna- oh, yes, guys. So today <laughs> we have a legend, an OG. OG. His name is Ian Burke. I have known him for quite some time. He's somewhat of a mentor to me. So it's very exciting to have somebody this major major on the Crew Love show that is like literally like one of the people that has been making things happen for such a long time. So I'm very excited for this episode because I just feel like there aren't figures like Ian doing the things that he's been doing anymore like i just don't feel like that tell the people what it is you do first and foremost huh. for the people that don't know all the way in the back or what huh. you've done or what just every yeah. just Run try down. to start from <laughs> the beginning i know it's very difficult <laughs> to start from the beginning because you have done so 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 much i'm an entertainment consultant that's what i do at this point in time but i've been in the business for like 35 plus years and I have been fortunate in my career to have worked with such artists as Arrested Development, TLC, Outcast, Escape, Crisscross, so everybody, Soleil, <laughs> Every, everybody, okay, yeah, okay, a lot of folks, and then <laughs> producers such as Organized Noise, Jermaine Dupri, Dallas Austin, Tricky Stewart, Shakespeare. Everyone, okay. literally like, everyone. Like, That's what I'm okay. saying. Like, Texas. hello, everybody. Excuse me. <laughs> and, so, and I just want to like start by saying like that is so like monumental to me because that was what kind of like those people that Ian is naming are kind of like we're from Atlanta. Like yeah. those people like shaped what the culture is here in Atlanta, and like Ian has been a part of that. So when I met Ian. A million years ago, Dang. and I like um, because we've known each other no, for a long time. It's been a while. I wasn't oh, saying because of our age, right? 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 But, no, I got you. <laughs> like, but I wasn't like, either. You said that when okay. I when I met Ian, and like I already knew who the fuck he was. You know mm. what I'm saying? And I'm just like, I was so blown away by being able to connect with somebody of that magnitude that had kind of like been a part of the reason why I love music and songwriting and producing. It was so crazy to me. Yes, I've dibbled and dabbled trying to find my way in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had to try different things. I didn't know what I was wanting to do. I didn't come into the industry with a clear-cut vision of, I want to be this, you know. So I had to try different things in order to, uh, to kind of find myself. And I'm still searching. Yeah. What were some of those things that you did when you were Well, when first I first coming? got started, I started as a roadie, which is moving equipment for bands. Mm-hmm. And then I started learning about sound, started working the, the soundboard for bands, started working the lights. 
And then I moved up to booking bands and then managing bands. I dibbled and dabbled in video production. I was a PA, production assistant, on music videos. And then my true calling came in, I feel, when speech and headliner from Arrested Development asked me to represent them. And that's when I started really doing the management thing and trying to figure that that space out. But, you know, I'm originally from Mount Vernon, New York. I had no mentors. I had nobody to teach me anything Mm -hmm. about this game. So I had to learn through trial and error. I think it's so interesting that you say that, Ian, because, like, you have been that for so many people that have, like, just come in your path. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's so interesting to hear you say that you didn't have a mentor and you kind of have, like, become that figure for so many people. Me specifically, it has always been, like, it is difficult to navigate when you don't have any clear direction. Mm-hmm. And there are so many paths that you can go down when you're trying to figure it out in the industry. I think it's really important that you said, like, you know, I didn't have that guidance, but you've become that guidance for other people. Well, my thing was to prevent people from making the same mistakes as as I did. That's why, you know, whenever you guys came, you know, we had these meetings at Icon Studios. I was like, you know, let me let me watch over y'all. You know what I'm saying? And let, let me be that uncle to you guys and and make sure that, you know, you, you guys do it right. And I saw the hunger and that's what inspires me you know when i see the real passion and what it is that you guys do i was like okay cool you know and and you know, having you guys being the mentor for you guys was great it was great it actually is healing to me because when i have these days when i don't want to get up i don't I, i'm like why am i here this business has been so mistreative of me mm-hmm. and people have the loyalty and i'm sitting up there and i'm kicking my covers and flipping on TV and not wanting to move. And then I get a call from Brian or Devin or Rob saying, hey, we got this thing. We need your guidance here. And I'm like, okay, well, this is the reason why I do it. It's for these folks. And hopefully they'll do what they need to do and exceed my expectations and blow up bigger than me. Yeah, That's the joy that I get from working with people behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and working with artists. Definitely, like paying it forward. I think with us here, like... The Crew Show, it actually is about the behind the scenes. It is about, like, those people that are so uh, valuable that play their role. They play mm-hmm. their position. And, like, we're here to spotlight that. Like, we're here to give those people a voice, those people to speak on, like, you know, things that they've been through are, like, challenges or just the differences that they've made throughout the industry, throughout their lives, and then how they've impacted others. And with us, we're seeing, like, real in real time and real, like, real day mm-hmm. lives. Like, we play such a huge, valuable role, and we're just the crew. Like, right. we're literally right. behind the scenes. And I like hearing, like, people like Pillars, like you, and, I, like, Ledges, we think, like, Dad, like we're living in our early times, but it's like we doing what we're supposed to do. You know right. what I'm saying? Like we get to see others that have been doing it so long that it gives us like confirmation that everything that we're doing, all the hard work, everything that we're putting in is making sense. Even if we aren't the stars or we're not on the front covers, we know from the front to the back, to the inside, to the out, to the direction, to the creative, to the design. It was us. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you could sit back and, and say that I was part of that. Yeah. And that's your legacy. At the end of the day, and it's time for you to go home, Mm -hmm. you know that you have left an indelible mark Mm -hmm. 
in this industry. And that's what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. It's not about the money. And Lord knows I need it. You know what I'm saying? I haven't achieved my financial success yet. Right. But, you know, I'm still successful. You know, I feel successful, you know, because how many people can sit here and say that they created from scratch the biggest selling female group of all time? No one. Absolutely no No one. one. You know, I mean, and, and I can say the group didn't come to me. They weren't put together. I didn't put Escape together. When I took them to Jermaine Dupree, they were already a unit. It was their voices that impressed me. But at TLC, mm-hmm. or as I called them, Second Nature, I put that group together from you sure scratch. Did. Absolutely. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Mm-hmm. And it was based on the simple concept of Belle Biv DeVoe. Rico Wade came in, introduced me to Lisa Lefty Lopez and Tianti Boz Watkins. I was already working with a young lady named Crystal Jones, Mm -hmm. and we put the three ladies together. Later, when Pebbles brought the concept out from me, she replaced Crystal Jones with Rosanda Thomas, who nicknamed Chili, so they can keep the TLC moniker. But Mm -hmm. that was me. That was what I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So watching that gives me fulfillment. And the people that were in the room know. You know, so when Jermaine Dupri says, yeah, well, yes— Pebbles got them their deal mm-hmm. and got them out there, but it was Ian's idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Ian was the one who put the concept together. Or Rico Wade says that in his stories. So what does that look like? Like where you tell us the story of how the idea popped up in your head <laughs> and then how we got to the actual TLC. Well, when I was going to school, I was going to the Art Institute. They had a commercial music business program that I was attending, actually right up the road from here, Mm -hmm. from this this building. And in one of my classes, we watched uh, a movie called The Idolmaker, loosely based on a true story of this gentleman who created two stars, two back in the 50s, Mm. 60 era. And what he used to do was he would go by the, the magazine stands on the street and would thumb through the magazines and see what people were reading about. Mm. I adopted That process, I would go into Kroger or CVS or whatever stores I would pop in. I'd go through all the fan magazines, Word Up, Mm -hmm. Right On, Mm -hmm. Tiger Beat, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, Uh, Fresh. Mm -hmm. And I would see, you know. Y'all too young for that. Jeez. No, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I feel so old. Um, and the people on the cover at that particular time were always New Edition because they they were our heroes. They were the thing, then. yeah. Exactly. And then because of New Edition, the breakout groups, whether it was Ralph, whether it was Johnny, mm-hmm. whether it was Bobby or Belle Biv DeVoe. I loved what Bill Biv DeVoe was doing. I loved how they incorporate hip-hop with R&B. Mm-hmm. I loved the swag. And I was like, yo, what would be so dope is if we had a female version of Bell Biv DeVoe. And wow. I said it in my mind. I said, I'm going to put it together. And I already had Crystal Jones. Like, I was already working with her and trying to build the concept for her. And it clicked in my mind. It's like, yo, this is what we're going to do. I just need to find the other two components. That's crazy. Okay, so I have a question, Ian, because I feel like we've had this conversation before, but 
I know you come from the school of artists actually going through artist development Mm -hmm. and having artist boot camps Mm -hmm. and like really getting these artists into tip top shape sometimes years before they ever see the light of day. Mm hmm. And the music business has really gotten away from that. And they, you know, they go on social media and find these like regional talents with like moderate hits already. And they don't spend the time on developing these artists. They bank on, okay, they have a cute social media following and they've got one song. So let's sign them or let's Mm -hmm. see what they can do. How do you feel about kind of like the way and I think I see the trend in like people wanting to invest in longevity just a little bit more. Talk about that. Like, how do you feel about the state of the lack of artist development? And I mean, I I look at today's. Oh, yep, exactly. That's what I call them. This is the microwave generation. Mm -hmm. You know, you throw it in there, a couple of heads, boom, and they're out. Mm -hmm. Y'all can y'all name me anybody in today's world that has the staying power of a Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, a Prince, and Elton John, people that will be able to tour and fill stadiums when they're 60, 70, 80 years old. I can only think of two. Me too. Yeah. Off the top of my head. And and who would that be? Beyonce and Jay-Z. Okay. And Janet, yeah. That's my, you know, well, that's, what is that? That's that's still, they are products of the 80s and 90s. Exactly. It's so crazy. Like, I watch award shows, and I literally say, every time I watch them, I'm like, wow, there are no stars. No, they're not. I can think of two that are sort of kind of recent that came along a little later. For me, it's Pink and Bruno Mars. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But to be fair, Pink, she's a product of that LaFace machine, you know, so it's like even with those people, it's like, "Mm, yeah, but they also came from that put in the man hours before she just was pink. I don't know much about Bruno Mars's story, but I think. Elvis impersonator. Yeah. (laughs) He he was being trained by his family when he was a small boy. And also palatable for white faces. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. artistry wise, it's rough. It, it, it's just rough. Like entertainer, we get it. Some of y'all are entertainers, but like artistry and putting on a show, like Usher might be the last of a dying breed. Yeah. And it sucks because it's like who's left? Like they can't. They they won't be able to go to concerts. Like, I watched this thing on Hulu. Rap Caviar has this little mm-hmm. series of shows mm-hmm. now. Those kind of artists I can respect because they're they're always thinking of ways to reinvent themselves. But also, and the reason why you fuck with that too is because they're a group, they're a collective, a collective. of artists. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that makes them unique. Like it is, it is the fact that like it's a bunch of them cultivating a culture that is all their own. I might not even fuck with the music like that, but they're creating for the sake of like creation. Right. You know? Absolutely. That's the thing. Like I have a newfound respect for his journey. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that Frank Ocean was part of his clique. Mm-hmm. Was part of that whole clique. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I, I watched that. That's the thing that I like to do. I like to watch these little documentaries on these people. And, you know, I start having more respect for him. It's like you can't really judge unless you know the journey. Right. Like I watched the little baby uh documentary too. Yeah. All of these these new the Coyle Ray is part of the rap caviar. Mm-hmm. I think she's part of that whole situation. I 
didn't know how many records and stuff like that she was selling. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that she was going to be a quick little. Mm-hmm. But she's proven to have the staying power now. Is she going to be around in the next 10 years? Are we going to be talking still about a question. We don't know. It's still a question. Are we going to want to go and see her concert? And that's the thing. Like, you know, nobody is striving for that longevity in this business anymore. And I'll tell you why. Uh, one of the reasons they're making money without it. Yeah, very much true. They're making more money than these artists back in those days could ever imagine. And they're making it quick. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so Tyler, Tyler, Tyler's whole thing was like, uh, you know, I'm I'm searching for validation. It's not about the money. I'm I'm having you know this crisis, and I'm driving a McLaren, mm-hmm. you know, bought and paid for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he wasn't getting the validation that he wanted. Yeah. You know, but they're making money. Mm-hmm. You know, when these people are going out by the tons and watching them perform. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Buying the merchandise, streaming the records. So I don't know. It's kind of that's a long way around the question. Yeah, but it is a double edged sword because yeah. it's like people are out here eating. Right. They and um and I think that accessibility that people have to be able to create their own music and their own content. Like, I'm used to going to the studio to record a song. Mm -hmm. That is what I grew up knowing. That's what I like to do. But now, niggas be doing it at their house. Yeah, I saw a guy on, on Twitter literally yesterday. He's staying in his car until he makes it. And he's recording out of his car. Like, it's like, and it probably sounds good as fuck. I was like, what? And that's what's so crazy to me. It's like the rate at which people are producing content is so interesting Mm -hmm. to me because it's like mind fuck for me almost. But see, now that's the double edged sword because it's easier that they have the tools to do it. But now you have this crappy music that's out there that kids Mm -hmm. think is so hot. And you can't distinguish between the two. And then, but I have to sit back too and be like, okay. Now, I'm being a parent. I'm like my parents were when I was trying to listen to Prince. You know what I'm saying? What are you listening to? What is that? It's like, yeah, exactly. Why is this man naked on the back of this horse? Yeah. I'm like, hmm, but the music. But the music, yeah. But he's singing about sex. Right. Yeah. You know, that's. But it's, yeah. You know. Yeah. So I have to think, okay, uh, is it beyond me? Because I tell you, I'll give you a, a story that's close to home that you know about. I was representing this artist named Shang. And <laughs> Shang, the name came from, I worked extensively with these guys, uh, with Shang. They even gave her the name Shang. <laughs> I had the artist and I put the artist in their hands and let them do what they do. And they did a wonderful job on the debut project. Nobody got it. But I bet you if it dropped today, People would people be flocking yeah. to it. Yeah. Matter of fact, we might need to experiment with that. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you this. On the second project, I got her with a, a producer named K-Class, and we did this record, right, called Faded. With 21? Blowing this, this oh, story. oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she wanted this rapper on there. Well, we all know who the rapper is now. Mm-hmm. But she wanted this rapper on here, and I thought, you know, and I'm just going to be honest here. I didn't like the rapper. She was playing the music. I was like, oh, are you serious? Like, you mm-hmm. want this person on your, on your record? And this is before he was, like, a thing. Yeah, yeah I, I was exactly. I didn't. I didn't like him before either. Yeah. And, and I was per- personally friends with the management, and I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't like the messaging, and I just said it wasn't going to work. And as a DJ, 
I said it wasn't going to work. And I, <laughs> I put my name on I put it out there. I was like, it's not going to work. It's going to pass. It's not going to go industry. But see, that's when to do, as a manager, I had you, to go to social media. I, I had to pay attention Watch. to what was going on. Yeah. I had to see who was validating the man. He's in pictures with Drake. He's in pictures with T.I. And But the thing that got me was his performances on all white campuses yeah. with the people with the, knowing yeah, the lyrics for the record. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we'll get him on that. Mm-hmm. This is right before. Right before he, he like, yeah. The freshman class uh-huh. on yeah. Double XL. I was able to get him for a really good price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I remember that. But the thing of it is that, is that if I hadn't done the research, yeah. right, I would I'd be like, nah, yeah. man, I'm but, not doing that. But Ian, I think that that's the reason why you've been able to stay so current is because like a lot of times, that's the piece that we miss, right? Like we don't look for, and and I'm even guilty of it. Like I'll be writing people off so quickly. I'll be like, ugh, that shit is trash. Right. And and it's because like I'm used to the reason that music and entertainers, singers, rappers, artists move me is because of the feeling that I get. Mm-hmm. And if I and if I don't get the feeling, I'm automatically gonna be like, but. That doesn't mean that it's not resonating somewhere right. else. Right. And so the fact that you like that you are so tapped in to what's going on because you manage producers now. And that kind of like brings me to my next question. How do you like teeter on the line of still, you know, still trying to keep the integrity of the music and also kind of like not chasing the trend, but no, being... you know, actually what what makes a good manager? Like ultimately, how do you? Okay, so I'm going to try to, to both questions. Uh-huh. Like for me, a lot of people have the wrong conception about management, mm-hmm. all right? People have to understand, like, when you bring on a manager, you're bringing it on to manage your business. And so I liken it to a McDonald's franchise. You own a McDonald's franchise, right? Mm-hmm. So you bring on a manager to do what? To hire the people, to hire the guy that washes the floor, to, to cook the food, to run the drive through windows, to watch the, the counter. You know, this person is in charge of all of that to handle your day-to-day to make sure that your business is successful. Right. And if you hire a really creative manager, not only are they watching everything that's going on, but they're coming up with ideas mm. and, and concepts. You know, you know what? Let's try this special. Why don't we try this special and see if, if it works? Let's do this with the menu and see if it works. Mm-hmm. That's the sign of a good manager. A lot of people, these artists, they feel like the manager is your ATM, your personal ATM. <laughs> they think that <laughs> the manager is your, your hotel, your Airbnb. Right. They feel like they're your personal restaurant. And a lot of times those people are the ones that are not ready to have a manager. No, they're, they're really not. Because you're not supposed to have a manager until there's something to manage. Yep. Right. Until there's income coming in. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? And that's why I kind of switched over. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll be a consultant first. All right? You want me to work with you? I will consult you. You pay me. I will consult you. And then if I see where money is starting to come in and things, well, we can switch it to a manager position. Mm. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know that 
you wait until you start making money to get a manager. You I should. That you, should. Well, right. But I thought that it was always like the other way around. But like, you know, but you know why? Not. But you know why you should wait is because you whatever you're making, right. that percentage should go to right. your manager. Right. Right. And gotcha. I think that what's really important about what Ian is saying is like a manager should pay for itself. Right. The income that you come in that that you have mm-hmm. coming in, and like you said, a creative manager will find ways to get make in. sure that you are getting the income so that they can get paid because they should get 12 to 15 percent of whatever they're booking you for whatever you're getting books for but i think what the reason why we have this idea of what managers and management is is because a lot of people get it for the optics they get it because they're like oh i've got this amount of followers on social media i need a manager because i don't need to be talking to you bitches Mm -hmm. i need somebody you need to be talking to somebody else because i'm you know it's about the look of having a manager and see and that's when people fall short Managers should be knocking on your door. You shouldn't be going out there looking for management. You understand what I'm saying? So you know if people are coming to you for management, then you're doing something right. You understand what I'm saying? So at that point, it's like, okay. And then the most important thing, you do your research on your people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people go for the the glitz and the glamour with somebody who may drive a nice car. You know what I'm saying? may live in a nice house or whatever, but really don't know anything about real management. And they're just sitting around <laughs> waiting to collect a check. Mm-hmm. Or track you know record or face card. Exactly. Trash. Like, what is it that you, who have you represented? Ian, that's so funny that you say that because, like, who have you really represented? Because a lot of these people are, like, vanity managers. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. managers. They're just management on paper. Right. And then they have other people that are Doing really... That doing their job picking up the day-to-day kind of like slack of what you already know (laughs) or just a and r's and i think that is the tricky thing at this day and age like people don't know the difference and see and that's the thing like i know my lane like going back to shane i put her with them and let them do what they do and i did did i ever get in your way did i ever argue about what y'all were doing y'all were doing some pretty weird stuff yeah (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah but it worked Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it worked. So I know my lane. I'm not a producer. I'm yeah. not a songwriter. I hate the studio. So just bring it to me when it's done. Yeah. You yeah, know I what I'm saying? I don't want to go in there and try to produce sell a record. Oh, yeah, you should do this. Should... Nah, man. But also, Ian, to be clear, you were an A&R. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I have done that before. Yeah. Uh, here. So you, know how to, you do know how to put it together yeah. and make sure that you know how to connect the dots. And that's what I'm good at. Yeah. I'm a dot connector. Yeah. I'm okay. able to put this person with that person and this person with that and create a collective to make the for the greater good. Mm-hmm. So disagreements, right? Have you ever been in a situation where you've connected people and it didn't like work? Oh, absolutely. What, so how do you resolve <laughs> that? Like, what what's your resolution to stuff like that? Because we work with a lot of people. We, we all break it all. But you know, not everything. Everything can't just you know because we work with people now. I'm a videographer. Ryan mm-hmm. does graphics. He does music. Ace does everything. She's low-key like a little mini you. <laughs> For real. <laughs> and we work with people or we work with people's people that are like, okay, girl, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you. you you're, not, you're not a great, I, like we don't mesh well. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you handle yourself in situations like that? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of back away. Mm-hmm. I back away from situations like that. I don't like confrontation. I am so non-confrontational. I'd rather walk away 
from a situation than have to deal with the nonsense. It's like if you don't want to be with me anymore, yo, go your way. You right. go your way. I get my as long as I get compensated for the work that I put into the situation, then we cool. But I don't like to force people to work with me, and I don't like them having to feel that they're stuck with me. That's another reason why like, I like to date before I get married. A management contract to me is like a, a wedding license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For real. Rings. You know big rings. So I got I to give this person like a good three months and say, okay, are we compatible? Or are you going to go at the first sign of any kind of situation and try to go where the grass is greener, where you think the grass is greener? So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I just walk away. You know, I don't want to <laughs> deal with it. And exactly. I, but I think that comes with like just the experience of like knowing what to look out for and really? also like having yeah. just made mistakes in the past or like realizing that like, okay, all relationships are not worth salvaging. Yeah. Right. Let it be. Let it be. Right. Yeah. Right. And then I just go get a pint of raspberry sorbet, come on, Netflix. Yeah. You know, hey, look. Now nah, yeah. 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 cream. Oh, yeah. Okay. Kick back. Yeah. Just kick back. Like, yeah. I'll get them next time. I so. you, You're going to miss me. You're going to miss you me. You're going to call me back you one day. So, speaking of that, then, what's one of like, your craziest stories, just period? You've been in the industry for a minute, so I know you got a few. What is like uh, the, oh, the craziest thing that's ever happened oh. to you, ever, 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 ever in your career? You don't got to mention the. You don't got to or you can mention the names after the cameras right. right. and we'll talk about that because we know to, some people yeah <laughs> now nah, you good I'm trying to I'm trying to think like what is my craziest from tour like being outside it could be anything oh my goodness what is the craziest the craziest just give me something I know that it's, that it's hard for Ian because he's I know it's so many crazy so many crazy stories like I keep going back to this one with Shang and 21 Savage because we had created a great piece of work the record was really hot but the label didn't know the label didn't do it she was on an independent label mm-hmm. they didn't do their research and they let the and and see my whole thing was like when we were recording the record shang was like well do i need to be at the studio and i'm like yeah you need to be at the studio because i know he's gonna come in and he's gonna see you your, and, your he's gonna wanna... and he's gonna want to and he's going exactly he's gonna want to Hey, hey. And and, that's and exactly. he's going to drop performance fees for videos. He's going to want to show up to shows. And yeah. that's exactly what he did. That's exactly <laughs> what he did. A, a verse that could have been done in 15 minutes. He stayed in that studio for 45 minutes. They made sure it was perfect. 21. 21. And he and, and he was willing to do whatever she asked. Yeah. Like, you know, at the time she was like she was staying with me, so like I knew what was going on and like he would be like hitting her like, "Yo, I'm outside. Like, where you at?" And her label just didn't get it. Didn't, they didn't. didn't they it. didn't get it. So when it was time to like do videos and do all of that shit, they were like not signing off on it because they didn't understand. Oh, and they wow. would have they they would have seen such a return on that investment they seen if if they return. had just like like Ian said did their research and just kind of like let us do what we knew what was the right thing to do so I got something and it's like what we do is like our ex and like right now it's like popping like you know people talk about their ex so industry ex like your ex what it ex you so what is Ian's ex 
What do you hate? What's just like, just uh, grind your gears, yeah. makes your skin crawl. I waiting. Oh yeah, uh, having to 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 you do work and having to wait for other people to approve it mm-hmm. to get it to the next level, or, or just waiting. Period. Mm-hmm. Doing what you do, and and you have people that's supposed to be looking at the work that you're doing, and it takes forever. For them to to get back, I hate, and I've been in the business long enough where it shouldn't bother me, right. but it still does. So you're, do an exe- you, you're an executor. Yeah, exactly. absolutely, a hundred percent. Do you think that that comes with like the fact that like everybody now is so like I, I feel like there's no real sense of urgency. No, yeah. like everybody's just like, yeah, we'll get it done. Like, today, like yeah. oh, we'll do it. Oh yeah, and and that and that's part of it. It's like you know, it's like okay, my life is on the line. Like mm-hmm. I, I've invested in this situation, and you say you're interested in it, but I'm not hearing anything. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of time to call because you know, in your spirit, well, if they had any news or they were going to make any kind of moves, they would call you because all they're going to do is be like, oh yeah, I'm going to try to get to it yeah. this week, next week. Call you back. I'm on vacation. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But you just have to. You have to be patient. You have to be vigilant, and you just have to wait. I'm just, again, I just hate the waiting game. Yeah. And I'll probably always be like that. I'm ready to be in a position where I can finance my own situations and not have to depend on someone else as to whether or not. And when you do, call me. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So what is next for Ian Burke? Like you've seen a lot of shit. You've been a part of a lot of shit. You started a lot of shit. What is the next chapter like for Ian Burke? I read some things. I've seen some things. I know that you are like dabbling in film. Yes. Okay. That's 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 it. It's film and television. You know, so my brother and I created this show called The Aquatics, a scripted show called The Aquatics about teenage scuba diving. Uh you know, you know, it's a come of age young adult type of series. Young, inadvertent superheroes of the ocean. They're going in and they're teaching while they're going through their daily struggles as teenagers in high school. Okay, you know what I'm saying. So it's it's like the Breakfast Club in the ocean. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. So that's one piece that we have out there chopping. It's, it actually got picked up. For uh, the Sunscreen Film Festival. Oh, congratulations. That means money. That means money. I'm really hoping, you know, we're doing that the screening there uh, at the end of this month, and I'm really excited about it. Oh, that's, that. that's huge, Ian. Congratulations. So, and then I'm doing the uh, I'm doing a, a docu a mini series, a docuseries mm. rather, uh, on my early days in the music industry. The A B to T L C. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Is that what I saw the trailer for? <laughs> yes. That's good. I'm gonna steal it. Is that? Is that what I saw the the trailer for? The uh, like all the yeah. when I was at Icon. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. dope. That's gonna be hot as fuck. Yeah. It's so many crazy what? people. Like I, just, think I saw a clip of it on your website. It, what was that? I, oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. What did y'all get you though? Huh? Ad. 
Arrested Development to the <laughs> Oh, girl, stuck on that. No, we got oh it. We got <laughs> it, girl. Wow. Okay, last <laughs> question. We got last it. question. Because I know a lot of pe- parents, because you work with a lot of kids, right? Yeah, now I'm, wor- now I'm, yeah, now I'm working with kids. Yeah. Fuck them kids. Right. Oh. Now I'm just saying. Cut it out. But no, um, you work with a lot of kids. So I have a lot. I know a lot of people who have kids that want to like get their kids in the industry. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like parents should know when they're trying to get their children? How the money? Mm. How the money? It's expensive. It's expensive. Like you have to. You you need to put your kids in classes. Mm -hmm. You know, and not just at the classes. It's the extracurricular activities that make your kids stand out. Mm -hmm. So if you have a kid that's taking taekwondo, Mm -hmm. that's that's doing boxing, that's doing archery, that's swimming, can do sign language. Sign exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If they, if they, the more they know, because these are the things that makes them stand out in auditions. We've had to do auditions like twins. I manage Gianni and Carlo. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing the mother knew American Sign Language. So one of the roles that they had to audition for, they had to know how to sign, mm-hmm. and the mother had to teach them. But if you Put your kids in that. Make sure that they, they can speak multiple languages. You know what I'm saying? Everybody just, oh, my kid looks good. Right. Uh, he can go he and right. TV. Right. Oh, and them kids, them kids be the ones that can't even smile on yeah, cue. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. As soon as you put a camera on them, they just like, freeze up. Shout out. <laughs> Look, yeah, shout out to like, Peyton. <laughs> Because that thing cannot, I'll be like, Listen, oh my God. I know too many kids. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, you know, you have to be willing to invest. To invest in that. In the kids. Yeah. And Gianni and Carlo's mom, what I want, I don't like to sit around and wait for producers to, or casting agencies to say yes. So mm-hmm. I created our own show called Sneakerheads, a YouTube show. So we're going out and exploring the sneaker culture. And, we're, and I'm dropping it on YouTube. To help build their audience, right. um, you know, and I was able to get other influences involved in it to help bring, you know, oh, light to the work yeah. that they're doing. So Ace, they might need to come look at your closet. Yeah. Right, because Ace got Ace, some sneakers. They come okay. shoot in my closet. Ace got some shit up no, in her yo, shit. No, for real. Like, yo, we'll be up in there. You got <laughs> two 10-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. I got the lighting and everything. Nah, but I mean, real. that's what that's literally what we do. We, we create content. And we know how important it is, like, industry-wise. Like, entertainment is, like, creating the content. And it's important behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, we're heavy on, like... Just get the content. It does not have to be staged. It does not be professional. But like, people got to just see you. get content. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's no way you're going to get anywhere. And they got to feel the authenticity yeah. too, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? And right. it doesn't always have to be like. I have another kid that I work with. Uh, her name is Kendall, and she's not into the arts at all. But what she is is the youngest certified farmer. In the state of Georgia, wow. at seven years old, I didn't expect you to say wow. farmer. Right? <laughs> I thought you said like something else. Yeah. Out there planting collard greens. Oh shit! Wow. Nobody did hook up with Kendall. All of that. Yeah, yeah. She, she got that's a couple news blasts, right? Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Exactly. She got a couple news blasts. On, like, she's been mentioned on, on, uh, the, show, on um, the Ellen DeGeneres yeah, show. Yeah, she's on Ellen. Wow. Raphael Warnock talked about her, and she just got a call today, and I got a call from her mom. Said, you know, we gotta go see. The vice president tomorrow. Oh, that's dope. Uh, that's and I think Dalton, Georgia, or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, okay. And she has a she charisma wants to too. Meet, uh, the uh, oh yeah, she's yeah. a sweet girl. Yeah, she has charisma like crazy. That's dope. She yeah. wants to, the vice president wants to meet her. Wow. So that's invest Kendall. in your kids, D. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got dogs, but oh, uh, yeah. girl. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They about to be. They about to be in the movies like. What are they going to do with it? <laughs> Mozzie is not doing shit, okay? <laughs> Anyways. 
So I think that wraps up our show. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. I mean, thank you for. There's so much more I want to talk about, yeah, but dropping I mean, clearly so we only got 48 seconds left. Dropping these gems. Like, honestly, like, I, this was so fulfilling for me. Like, it kind of feels like a full circle. Like, you know, of course, like, I know you, and I, I just think that, I just think it's so important that people know about your story and all that you've contributed and and provided and created and just the fact that you're continuing to like give back to younger creatives is is so important so well, thank you I, for I appreciate having that me. Work. I appreciate of course that. yes hopefully well, we can have you back yeah. oh yeah but you know what though tell people how they can find you they can find me oh I got 10 seconds <laughs> you can find me uh, on Instagram. That's the best way to reach out for me. Ian F. Burke. That's I-A-N-F Burke. And if you go to my page, you can hit the link and hit a 15-minute free consultation call with me. Free? free. 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 Look, I'm about to hit that link right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you trying to get... What you trying? You, you I need, need, I need manager. a manager. Oh, oh, girl. I'm bringing money in, Ian. Well, <laughs> you know what? Where's the money? Because if you ain't making the money, you I know it's work now. Look, I'm right. good. Right. Anyway, we appreciate you, Ian. Yes. That you wraps so up much, our Ian. episode. And you we are is out. Peace. so much fun y'all yes that was crazy I love that and if you loved it too make sure you follow me Brian Patrick Davis at Black Socialite on all social platforms and your girl Ace at DJ Ace Star on everything and make sure y'all follow HD that's me at Iconofilm and if you like what you heard you know what you gotta do it's at Crew Love Show make sure you share it send it to somebody put it in a DMs you know what to do drop a gem on them like share and subscribe and if you didn't catch all of that make sure you just look at the show notes. It's all in the deeds. Yay. All right. Bye, y'all. We got to go back to work. Do the it. Cool Love Show. Let's go. <laughs>